Welcome to Words of Inspiration with Rev. James T. Brown, Jr., the lead pastor of Tabernacle of Worship. Let's join today's message in progress. Continue in our series today, Now What? We're going back to the book of 1 Peter, back to the book of 1 Peter, back at chapter number 4, 1 Peter chapter 4, and we're looking at verse 12 today. We're starting at verse 12. And here our text reads, it says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy." If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and the spirit and, 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 and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is, he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. He is glorified. Today we're going to speak from the subject, do not be amazed. Do not be amazed. And actually, before we dive in our text, you may remember last week, we culminated our teaching talking about the love, the love that we are to have for each other, knowing that love covers a multitude of sin. But the Apostle Peter did not leave it there. There were some other things that he shared that I think are relevant. So I'm going to give you a bonus today. As we're going to dive into this verse, it's only going to take me a few moments, but I think it's important that we understand this. Look with me at verse 9 very quickly. Verse 9, it says, use hospitality one to another without grudging, without grudging. In other words, be willing to love those who are outside of your group, who are outside of your group. They're not a part of your group, a part of the people that you're used to or accustomed to. In fact, we should show love and care even to strangers, even to strangers, especially to those who are in need, especially to those who are in need. In fact, be willing to show love to those who are not capable of loving you back. They're not capable of loving you back, meaning that they are unable to financially or materially return your gesture, return your kind gesture, but show love to them, show love to them anyway, because oftentimes those are the people who need love the most. They need love the most. The apostle is sharing with them after he said, you love each other. But then he said, listen, don't limit it to that. Because the love of God is not limited to you. He said, be willing to share the love of God with others, with strangers, those who you don't even know, those who you may not even know their name. But, but if, they can, if they are willing to open up their hearts and receive you, show love to them. Show love to them. Look at verse number 10. Verse 10, it says, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability that which, which God giveth. 
that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be the praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Here, our gifts are meant to be used to edify others to edify them and to build them up by helping them to see God, to see God. That's why I said, if you can minister, then minister as the oracles of God. You want to be able to share the word to help them see God, to help them see God, but not to bring attention to ourselves or to uplift us. That's not what it's about. It's about helping them to see the Father and to have relationship, covenant with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're meant to use our gifts to bring glory to God by ministering in love to those who need it most. To those who need it most. This is what the Apostle Peter was sharing. And then he juxtaposes that position and goes into this next passage, which is our lesson for today. In fact, he opens this passage by addressing his audience as beloved, as beloved. You see, as we read and understand it, this is a term of endearment. Why is he using this? Because Peter understands what they're going through. Peter understands what they're experiencing. That's why he said beloved. Listen, he wants them. Sometimes you need to hear from somebody, somebody that knows exactly what you've been through. You need to hear from someone that knows what it's like to go through the things that you're experiencing. You need to know that there's a connection there, that they're not just giving you lip service, but it's coming from the heart. Here, the, the, the apostle, he wanted them to know that, listen, I'm speaking to you as a brother in Christ. I'm speaking to you as your covering. I'm speaking to you as one who loves you, beloved. He wanted to address them in that way, in that way. He wanted them to understand that because it's an expression of close affection. But then I want you to notice how he proceeds. Look back with me at verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Think it not strange. Don't think that is strange. Listen, do not think that the things that you are going through are strange. He was writing that to them then, but I want you to know it's speaking to us now. Listen, don't think that the stuff that you're going through is strange. Don't think that is strange. I want you to understand that the actual translation should read uh, that the fiery trial is trying you right now. The fiery trial is trying you right now. Let me reread this to you out of the Amplified. In the Amplified, it says this, Beloved, do not be amazed and bewildered at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test your quality as though something strange, which is unusual and alien to you and your position. In other words, it's something you, you're not even thinking about. It's something you never thought that you would be exposed to. Something that you don't think that you could even deal with or have to deal with. 
as though it's something crazy that's befalling you. You see, in other words, he's saying, listen, I know you are of Christ and you are filled with the spirit of God and you love the Lord. But don't think that because you have relationship with him that you're going to be held apart from these crazy things that can happen, from strange things that can go on, from weird things that can take place. Don't sit there and think that because you know him, because you love him, because you keep giving your life and surrendered your heart to him, that you're not going to go through anything, that you're not going to experience any challenges, that you're not going to know what brokenness feels like, that you're not going to know what hurt feels like, that you're not going to know what loss feels like. Let me tell you something. He wanted them to realize that not only are you going to know it, but yet you're supposed to. You're supposed to go through these things. You're going to experience it. He wanted them to understand. You see, we should not be surprised or unexpected when we befall the sharp and fiery challenges of life. We're not to be that way. We shouldn't sit there. Why, oh, why is this happening to me? Why in the world did this happen to me? Why am I going through this? No, he said, no, no, don't, don't even think that way at all. These things are supposed to happen. They're supposed to happen. It's not something strange. It's going to happen. I want you to understand that these trials or tests are allowed by God. These trials or tests are allowed by God. It's important to understand that. You see, in other words, don't be caught off guard by what you must endure. Let me say that again. Don't be caught off guard by what you must endure. Don't be caught off guard. These things are going to happen. Instead, this is what I want to suggest to you now. Instead, embrace the suffering as something that God used to refine your faith and reveal his blessings and to confirm the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. I need somebody to type in chat right now two words, his presence, his presence presence. We just sang about press into the presence. Do you understand what that means? That means in order for you to get into the presence of God, that there are some things you're going to have to experience. In order for you to get into the presence, to have the Holy Spirit, have, have, have the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, there's some things you're going to endure. There's some things you're going to experience in order to see that and to have that. I want you to understand that all of these things, they come to try our sincerity, our strength, our patience, and our trust in God. Our trust in God. Let me say that again. All of these things, these things you endure, these challenges you experience, these these fiery trials that you go through, I want you to understand they come to try our sincerity our strength, our patience, and our trust in God. Can you trust him when it makes no sense to you? Can you trust him when you feel the pain of what you're going through? Will you still trust him when no one around you seems to understand and everyone is trying to blame you? Or will you still trust him? Will you still Trust him. It's important to understand you've got to be able to trust him even in the midst of all of those things. You see, the challenge may not have been sent by God, but you better believe it will be used by God. 
Let me say that again. The challenge may not be sent by God but you better believe that it will be used by God. This is why when Satan went to and fro through the earth looking and he, he, he came unto the father and the father he said, listen, I, I, I can't touch that one. He said, have you not considered my servant Job? He said, I can't touch him. You got a hedge of protection around him. You won't let him do anything. But if you remove that hedge, I promise you he'll curse you. And he said, okay. You can do whatever you want. Just save his life. And he allowed him to be tested, to be tested. I want you to understand some things come to test you. See, on the other side, we, t we, we did a lesson on Job years ago. We understood that at the end, there was a greater blessing for him. At the end, there was greatness that was waiting for him. At the end, there was a greater breakthrough for him. God knew what he wanted to do. He also understood that there was a pathway that he had to go through to get it. You have to understand the enemy may come and try you, but it's because God already knows what's on the other side. He knows what's on the other side and he'll allow it because he has a plan in place for you. A plan in place for you. Listen, Satan is trying to kill you, but God is rebuilding you and making you better. He's rebuilding you and making you better. Look with me at verse 13. Verse 13, it says this, but rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy, with exceeding joy. Listen, we are to rejoice, watch this, in the midst of the fiery trial. Let me say that again. We are to rejoice in the midst of the fiery trial, not away from it, not before it, not after you come out, but in the middle. What example can we find in scripture? What about the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were cast into the fiery furnace by Nebuchadnezzar? Remember when they were in the fiery furnace, they were dancing in the middle of the fire. And they saw, it says scripture that Nebuchadnezzar himself saw a fourth in there likened unto the son of man. Listen, I want you to understand that there's something in the middle of the fire for you. I know it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. But listen, we need to be able to rejoice in the middle of the fire, in the middle of the fire. Listen, as believers, the fiery trial should be an indicator that we are partakers in the sufferings of Christ. Let me say that again. As believers, the fiery trial should be an indicator that we are partakers in the sufferings of Christ. Why is that important to us? Because we must understand that if we suffer with him, <laughs> if we suffer with him, we will also experience his glory with him. I need somebody to type in chat right now. Glory time. Glory time. Listen, if you're able to go through and you suffer with him, it says that you will also be also experience his glory with him. Listen, Romans 8, 17 through 18 says this. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him that we may also or we may be also glorified together for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy 
to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed, watch this, in us. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it was a blessing to you. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for our regularly scheduled services at Tabernacle of Worship. You will also be able to get this entire message. Please feel free to visit our website at www.taboworship.org. That's www.taboworship.org for more information.